Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Sunny Sanger, and I will be your host today. So in this iteration, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about what DevOps means to a team. Um, joining me today, friend of the podcast, Jesse Marchand, Senior Director, DevOps, ISPN, People and Enablement Operations. And uh, you've heard him now on the last couple of episodes as well, another friend of the pod, Dominic Meyer, Principal Engineer at SAP. So gentlemen, over the last three episodes now, we're about three episodes in, we've spoken a lot about culture, origins, failure, but we haven't really spoken a lot about the technical aspects of how we get things going inside teams. Um, so I think we should talk about that a little bit. Um, Dominic, what's your thoughts? Gladly. Um, so one thing that I always like to start with is until now for three episodes, we talked about customers, how fast we want to be and beating competitors to it. Um, one thing that uh, is my uh, second main uh, occupation, let's say, is uh, there is not only the customers which uh, you should satisfy as an employer, let's say, um, but there is also for bigger companies like us, you have a lot of developers that have an experience in their day-to-day -day life. And I think also with DevOps and with the examples I, I will try to highlight now or the approaches, you can also do a lot for the developer experience to kind of make them uh, love their job more, have more influence, be in a community, be heard, respected. And one thing that we try to do there um, is to also give our customers uh, sorry, our uh, developers faster feedback. And there is one approach. Uh, I think it's commonly a little bit referred to as uh, shift left. Everything gets shifted left. And in practice, what we mean by that is we touched it, I think, in a second um, uh, to last episode is the continuous integration part, right? So there is a split kind of in your mind between the integration and the, whatever you call the rest. Um, and we try to shift left uh, most of the activities for developers so that the feedback loop is super, super, super small. Um, since we also do very small changes, uh, we try to do the feedback for each of the changes. So for us, this boils down to doing, for example, all the tests for one pull request, which is for one feature. So we try to shift the tests as far to the left as we can, as many of them as we can. The same for security. Um, so we have some open source uh, scanners that scan for vulnerabilities or uh, intellectual product. There is a um, code smells or um, test coverage. So we try to move this to the left. And for us, this means before the pull request, so uh, actually in the pull request. So when the developer has finished the change, he invested um, this time and his work, he gets this feedback. And we try to stay below 10 minutes, which is not always possible, but it's a good benchmark to try. Um, so we try to leverage all the central tooling we have, all the tools we need to respect from the product standards and box them in, in 10 minute feedback loops. So as a developer, you create you, you, you implement the change, you create a pull request, and 10 minutes later, you will know, will it pass the rest of the pipeline, which can take one hour, 20 minutes, or five days, but you don't have to worry anymore because you know your change will pass because you passed all the shifts on the left. So this is how we try to start to do that, like moving everything uh, in, into the pull requests. And I think in the first episode already, um, uh, Jess, you touched on that, 
Okay, great, Dominic. No, great. So I've got a question for you, actually, on that, because I think some of the stuff you listed out is great, and it's it sounds very easy to do, but it's not, right? And if you see some of the organizations out there, and some parts of our organization as well, um, they're probably still on the right-hand side and not so much moving to the shift left um, concept. So what is some of the advice you could give to some of our listeners out there on what's the initial steps that an org could take? To, yeah. to move to that concept. So um, we touched it last episode, but one of the first steps is um, that developers start to ask themselves. Uh, I think this is the most important step, to be honest. Or one one person in the team asks themselves, like, "Hey, why? Why do we do this at the end? Or why do we do it so far left?" Um, as example, you merge and then run the unit tests. And someone needs to come up and have this mindset, like, why do we do this there? Um, so I need to wait way longer uh, when we could do it um, before the integration, so in the pull request. And I think this uh, mindset from someone needs to click, and then you can start to question all the steps. And I think the, um, and you need to convince others, of course. Um, for yep. some parts, it's easy. For some, it will be tricky. Um, some are also technically tricky. Um, but I mean, in the open source, you see, uh, I think, Vercel and TurboRepo that stamp out Kubernetes clusters on demand to run all your stuff. I mean, this is then the, I say, the Rolls-Royce solution. But for you to start small, you can question, for example, hey, the unit tests, why do they run after the merge? I mean, they are isolated. They only need maybe one or two containers. Why can't we run them before we merge? So this is like one of the the steps you can do. Another one is to, to question like, why do I only get security findings? I don't know, three days after my merge. This is, now I need to go back. I need to place all the work I had on my table and put it away and yep. get the old work here. So this you also can question. Um, in, in our tooling landscape, it's not, not always easy to do it technically, but um, it's, I think it's also a little bit like in a democracy, as soon as enough people want it, um, the yeah. management or your architects will start to listen how you can do it. Also, it's centrally driven. Um, so you, I think you can also approach Chesty to kind of have this uh, cultural boost. Um, so yeah, start to question if you can move it to the left and maybe also bring solutions. Maybe you see them in other teams and start with the smaller parts. I can already spoil it. So moving the end-to-end -end tests or whole system tests into the pull request will be technically super challenging. It's possible, but maybe not your best start. Yeah, yeah. No, no, what I took away from that was encourage inquisitive, um, an inquisitive mind, mind, yeah. mindset. Yeah. And yeah, starting with that. the smaller things, the more isolated things. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and to, to add to that, um, I think one of the most powerful tools that that a team can use is to make things more visible across that end-to-end -end flow from code commit out into you know release or, or, or deployment um, the and, and and one of the best tools to, to, to do that is using um, a value stream mapping concept which makes you you, you bring a bunch of people together you you basically um, and I could I could talk about value mapping for 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 a good amount of time, but the short answer is you bring a bunch of people together. You sort of explore all of the you know steps at a very thirty thousand foot level of what does it take to to move something from you know 
idea all the way to cash or ka-ching. And I think we've talked about that in a, in a, a separate episode as well. But um, uh, And then mapping out those steps, understanding the amount of time, uh, whether it's working or waiting, uh, and the amount of sort of defects rates each one takes. And and to to the point of of, of you know end to end testing and moving that left, that might be you know your biggest bottleneck, but it, um, and, but it may be too difficult to move in the beginning. So then you could have a collaborative discussion with your with the the whole value stream about hey what are what's our roadmap for for improvement? Maybe there's something else. Maybe I mean to the point of like well, you know white source or the the FOSS scanners or the sonar cube, you know whatever. Maybe we just need to uh, change that up a little bit or or start that a little bit farther left or whatever those those things might be might be a little bit easier to start with um but i, I did kind of want to highlight you know at least move this 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 conversation up a level too i know those that's super practical advice but i think it's really important that we we, we talked about a couple of things those um and, and these very closely relate to um some of the principles that gene kim who's who's been a a, a amazing um, sort of foundational uh, person in the industry in, in DevOps uh, and, and his concept of, of the three ways, uh, which, which the first two are thinking about systems thinking, which is really when you think about that is, you know, being able to visualize and, and understand all the, the sort of cause and effects that, that uh, happen throughout a, a comp complex system. And, and what, you know, we're talking about right now is is you know that that deployment and, and sort of uh, release or from code commit to to release and, and being able to picture that and having um, um, that view and then the second one of the second principles is 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 having you know amplifying those feedback loops so going back to that you know getting your feedback in ten minutes and understanding and being able to to visualize uh, that is super effective to help developers in their experience because you know again 10 minutes is so much better than three days and 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 that goes back to being able to learn from that uh and learn and, and quickly react instead of it you know having working on a completely separate task and cognitive uh, uh topic that uh, requires you to kind of shift back yeah i think one point i would like to pick up again from me and also you picked it jesse I think developer experience uh, is something that needs also to be a bit claimed, right? So sometimes um, you could feel like, yeah, you are just pressured to implement features like a feature factory and uh, that's it, that's your job. Um, so we actually established something in our um, organization, which is called the Claim Your 20% campaign, where we try to encourage developers um, either to kind of challenge what we do um, so they are empowered, like, for example, we need to use um, three Chiras at the moment for historical reasons that don't matter here. But what we try to do is like, they said, look, I cannot watch every time these three Chiras, like I miss stuff. And we said like, okay, then we will try um, at least for the security Chira to kind of report back into the pull request, how many open issues you have, because they work with Git every day. Um, so, and we try to bring this back into the pull request. So they don't need to check seven tools. Everything comes back to them. This is just one example, but as a developer, and I think this is also a little bit a message, uh, you have to speak up and kind of claim 
uh, your experience that you also matter to the company, right? Otherwise, like the best, the best uh, engineers will leave because they are not heard. So you, mm-hmm. you are encouraged really to claim this, uh, that you get your also good experience as employee and also that you can do a change to what you are doing. Yeah. Shift no, to I, left, for example. I, I love that phrasing. Claim, claim your, your twenties is, is a fantastic uh, tagline. I, I love that. And, and I mean, I think this goes right back into our last episode too about culture, right? I think uh, it's, it's incredibly important to, to have culture and mindset to exhibit those type of behaviors and uh, for the managers to really create space for improvement because, um, you know, putting, putting these things, uh, you know, on, on top or as, as incremental things and, and, and just off the side of your desk is not an effective way to, to, to really transform and get better. It really needs to be embedded into the structure uh, of, of your, of your work uh, or, yep. and, 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 you know, whether or not 20% is the right uh, number, you know, that's going to depend yep. on your context, but, but what, whatever number it is, it should not be, you know, zero or <laughs> negative 10 and, and, you know, something off the side of your desk again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it also it supports, uh, sorry, Jesse, uh, it also ends up and ties up well with the, in an agile and uh, set up whichever you have, you want to refactor uh, at one day. And um, that's why we also have this, like also this encourages you also to kind of speak up and, and also say like, hey, look, we were super fast the last four weeks, but we also built up quite a rubble. Um, so now let, I would like really like to clean this up and maybe improve it here or there. Um, so this is also a chance for you then to, yep. to again claim this right. as a developer. Yeah. And uh, what you can see is what you can also fix. So that's, that's going to tie that all back to the, the value stream mapping and, and, and shifting left. Those are great tools to use in this arena. Excellent. Brilliant. There was loads of information in that particular episode. So let's call it a wrap there for this particular episode. And that's the end of this iteration. I'm Sonny. I'm Dominic. And Jesse. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating of your podcast provider or shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com or find us on Twitter at Faster Stand Up. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Stand Up. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.